Hi, everybody. My name is Kara McCarran, and I'm the host of She's the Owner podcast. On this podcast, we're going to be featuring female founders who are at any part of their entrepreneurial journey. We will ask them the same 10 questions and see where the conversation takes us. And we are good. Hey, everybody. It is Kara McCarran with the She's the Owner podcast, and this is episode 23. And I have my second guy on the show and uh he okay so how do I even introduce you uh I met Neil a year ago almost two years ago two years ago jeez and we met I was crewing a Tony Robbins event and he was on the group and so sweetly asked if it would be okay if he missed the Saturday of UPW, which if any of you that go to Tony Robbins are listening, it was transformation day. And I said a big fuck. No, there's no way you can miss that day. And he was like, Oh, okay. And so we started um, communicating and then we met up at the event and it's been love at first sight ever since. Um, he's a huge ball breaker. He kicks my ass regularly. I kick his ass right back, but, um, he's one of my dearest friends and, um, he's an entrepreneur. And the reason I'm allowing him on this podcast, just kidding. The reason I wanted him on the podcast is because we both actually just did date with destiny this past December and both came out of it with a deep, much deeper knowledge. I wouldn't say deep yet, but deeper knowledge of masculine and feminine energy. And so I really love um, talking to him about that. So I thought it'd be really cool to have him on here and we're going to chat about all of those things uh, in between. So welcome to the show. Thanks, Kara. Uh, I, I really honor uh, having known you for a couple of years, uh, having watched, watched you grow and kind of lean in on this kind of seize the owner movement. Uh, and so I'm super grateful to be on your podcast today and happy to bust your chops when I can. <laughs> of course. So normally I say, I mean, I guess let's let just so that everyone has a sense of who you are. Tell me a bit about um, what you do, what you've done and kind of how you got here. You're a veteran. And so that's sort of, I would say maybe like part of the catalyst and into the personal development um, stuff, but give us a little snapshot of what you do, why you do it. And then we'll kind of get into it after that. Yeah, sure. So I'll go kind of uh, in backwards order of what you said, uh, as far as where I came, where I came from, how I got here and kind of the personal development piece. Um, I'm a New York City native. Uh, my parents divorced at an early age, um, and I had no really good father figure example, uh, which kind of turned my approach into growing up into manhood uh, a little bit different, right? At that point, you become kind of what I refer to as grabbing at straws. Um, and, and, and at the same time, um, I was also the first time I was called disruptive was eight and that thread really held true for me my whole life and then it, the crazy piece is is that after being kicked out of a bunch of schools and being a little bit of a troublemaker and just always being told i'm disruptive 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 about 10 years ago it became popular and uh and valuable to be a disruptive thinker and uh and throughout that time so i was a big troublemaker 
I got to a point in high school where I figured if I kept on going down that path, it was not going to turn out well for anybody. Uh, I decided on my 18th birthday to walk into a recruiting station and join the, join the Marines, uh, United States Marine Corps. I came home that day, sat down, was eating dinner. And my mom was like, how is school today? I was like, great. I then joined the Marine Corps. Um, and she was like, all right, well, whatever. Um, did a bunch of years in the Marine Corps, came out, still kind of disruptive, always kind of leaned in on like asking questions and trying to really understand what the logic was behind them. Uh, became super fascinated with technology, uh, built a bunch of my own startups, have done investment funding, um, and then a couple of years ago got into cybersecurity um, and now kind of build build different types of cybersecurity products and work with everyone from uh, global governments to three-letter government agencies to big banks to startup and business owners. And, you know, over the past couple of years, um, on paper, I had like checked all the boxes of like what happiness should be like, right? So like I built and sold companies. Um, I'd been in, on paper, what would seem like a successful relationship. I had children, I made money, I traveled a lot, and I still found that there was like this like gaping hole inside of me that really just none of it was 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 fulfilling. Um, and so probably about three or four years ago, um, I started down this path of personal development and, and personal growth. Um, I've had a growth mindset for a bunch of years, but more so like in a startup agile how do you build a business quickly how do you make money really fast and then i started to apply that into my personal life um and really came across a bunch of content over the past couple of years everything from tony robbins to allison armstrong uh to david dita to a whole bunch of this stuff and as i started to read more and more about this whole concept of masculine and feminine energy and the kind of this whole concept around the yin and the yang and that it's that we all have these elements inside of us um what i found is that as i became more centered on the masculine side that hole became smaller and smaller for me and anytime that uh, i wasn't happy instead of projecting that onto other people i really looked at like for me at least right i'm a very very masculine person. Uh, I lean in on the masculine energy very, very heavily. But I also grew, grew up and was raised by my mom. And if you think about it, 90% of every teacher in a school is a woman. So yeah. most of my life, my teenage developmental years were, were sponsored and women were my examples. And so when I would project myself and when I project myself in those feminine ways and I'm suddenly realizing like I'm not getting what I think I need, I'm like, wait a minute, I'm operating from like a place that I shouldn't be. And then I'm wondering why I'm not getting satisfied. Right. right. So it's almost like, it's almost like you like ice cream, but you don't like pistachio, but you order pistachio and you're eating and you're like, why don't I like pistachio? Right. Right. So it's like, yeah. if I try to be, so if I, try to be be super nurturing right which is not a masculine trait for the most part super nurturing like over the top flowing energy nurturing and then i'm like i'm not getting that back 
why am I not getting back? Why am I not going to treat you the same way? Well, it turns out I'm where that started from, which is in me, shouldn't have started that way. And therefore, right. it's, I'm never going to get it. So here we are today. Now I uh, run cybersecurity companies. I've got a couple of them. Uh, I do masculinity coaching. Uh, I was just before this coronavirus thing started, I was getting ready to plan my first men's event uh, called Be Him. Um, and here we are today doing this podcast. Thank you. I'm tired just from the whole uh, introduction. That's a lot of stuff you've done. So let's just get, let, we'll get into it. And I think let's just kind of let things, I, I wrote a couple of things that, that I wanted to bring up, but I think let's just organically, like that's how all our conversations are. But so when you talked about Alice and you talked about David, both, so we both, I'm in the middle of reading Queen's Code actually right now. And um, nice. I'm working my, ass off to get her on the show I'm, I'm she's gonna be on it i know it for sure um i she's there, there's seven of them that i have on a podcast vision board uh that i know and sage is another one um so talking about those women for me anyway what what i've discovered what i discovered was that i was in my masculine and not even understanding what that meant until late like middle of last year where i started to really question um, I started talking to my kids more like like a drill sergeant or we were in business together and, and I started, and they didn't know, well, they noticed, but they weren't hurt by it necessarily, except I was just starting to realize, like, why am I always in this, like, go, go, go mode? And when I met you, that's how I was, always go, go, go. And once you started to realize as a woman a business owner woman because that's who I talk to and that's who I am that I'm always with that hat on and you're real, trying to figure out why exactly what you just said why am I not getting back what I need well I'm putting out this alpha dog and generally speaking in the animal kingdom there's only one of us right and so if I'm putting out that alpha dog I'm not going to get an alpha dog back I might get the peak the interest of one but then soon they'll be like well fuck this this chick is too tiring I want to be in charge. What's her problem? And I'm like, what do you mean? This is what I've always done. This is blah, blah, blah. So talk a little bit about, like, I know we both experienced Date with Destiny together, which I think is awesome because we can we can really reference, like, specific things. But w when you think about a woman in her, now that you know what you know, in her feminine or in her masculine, rather, what does that look like to you? Like, how, how does it, when a girl comes to you as, a woman in her masculine how do you see it how does that hit you or do you just you're just put off by it completely or can you identify like oh that chick's in her masculine right so really really great question and i'm going to say that we're going to get super controversial on this podcast if that's okay because i have very interesting beliefs and and concepts around this because I'm actually going through this in my own life today. And what happens is, is that there is so much content out there in the world on this right now, but mm -hmm. how I got, I'm going to, I'm going to preface what I'm going to say with, a, with, with something that I think is very interesting for the people on your podcast. Right. So what really got me intrigued by this whole masculine feminine energy piece, and just to be clear, it has got nothing to do with the physical body, right? Right. What's very interesting is like, I've been at men's events with 
with gay men and fascinated with this concept because a lot of times people just misinterpret that when we're talking Mm -hmm. about masculine or feminine energy, that we're talking about the organs that are between your legs. And that's not the case at all. Not at all. Yep. But as, but as far as, but as far as to answer your question more directly, what I think is very interesting and a major impact on our societal values around this, this right now is if you think about it, I'm 42 years old. This is really directed towards people who are a couple of years younger than a couple of years younger than me, right? Like in their thirties because of yeah. the different shifts in the economy and stuff like that. As a father of daughters, I'm very, very excited for the fact that women now have the ability to make as much money, if not more than men. It needs to get better, but it's gotten really, really good the last couple of years. But if I am, if you're a woman, uh, you make your own money, uh, you have your own house, you have your own car, you have kids. Um, yep. Where the hell does the man fit in the relationship? Exactly. And I'm not saying that women should not be doing those things. I, as Again, I want my daughters to grow up and do that shit and hustle and be amazing. But from the place that they do it from is a fascinating thing. And when I coach men, I have this weird little trick that has not been proven wrong yet. Men will come to me and men will say, I'm really not happy with my wife or my girlfriend or we're unhappily married or this or that. It's been three, six, nine, 12, 20 years, whatever it is. I ask a simple question. My simple question is, and this is the root of all of this. Who made the first move in the relationship? Who started this? And if the man did it first, if the man walked up with a pickup line, if the man walked up and bumped elbows with her, if the man started it and the woman didn't blink, wave, give a hint, drop some kind of essence of herself. Whisper. A whisper, whatever it is. Yeah. There's like a 99.9% chance that that that's where the problem started. Because if you think about it, we in all this in all this stuff online, everybody talks about things like this. Life is a journey. It's about the foundation. And every other freaking meme on the planet says it. But what does yeah. that really mean? Right. And so I fundamentally believe and advise people that if the foundation, that very first grain of sand that goes into the foundation comes from the females, the females feminine energy being able to lay that first piece. And then it is up to the masculine energy to pick up that first piece of essence. Right. And then create a container around it. That's a big word that's used in a lot of this work and provide safety and security for that grain of foundation to grow into something else. Right. And it's crazy because there's, uh, there's something to that because whenever I ask people, Oh, there is. It comes through. Yeah. That's fascinating. I got to go. I got to stop the podcast. I'm not going to write some notes and shit. <laughs> Woo! Girl. Okay. So, okay. So what is it now? Let's, so fast forward and let's say, 
you meet somebody who's who's in her masculine, what does it look like for you? Well, How can you identify it or pull it out? I, I think it's it's I don't think it's our, it's not the man's job to identify it. But you can't sense it. I'm saying, like, is there a moment where you, you, you think you can sense oh. it, right? Like, like you, you can you can highlight, right? There's a whole difference in the world of highlighting something versus circling with a red circle and pushing it away from mm-hmm. you, right? Like, and that's the thing where like the man's job, right? If 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 I take our, I'll say it in, in the thread of what we just said. If a grain, if, if a woman winks, meets a man on a street corner, bumps into him, says hello, the guy picks it up and decides to run with it, right? He then creates a container and he has to make sure that that woman is seen and heard mm-hmm. and feels, feels safe and secure the whole time. Yep. And then it is up to the woman to fill that space with her energy and her flirtiness and blinking of eyelashes and all the things that come with the starting of a relationship, right? Filling that yeah. container almost to the point where it overflows. And it's not, right. I don't think it's up to the, I don't think it's up to the man to be like, I think she's operating from the masculine. It, what it comes down to is, is just creating that space. Most and guys then allowing even it to know fill. that though. Like most men would know that. I think what I'm trying to get at is, and so what this shows up for is like Neil just said about, you know, if we're making our own money, we're doing all this stuff, where does it, where does the guy fit into that whole scenario? And that's how we've been conditioned for the last 20, 30 years as women is I don't need a man and I don't need his help and I can do all this shit on my own. And so we've had this conditioning where we don't need to, we don't want, or we don't even know how to open up the container to have it have stuff put into it like we're so busy as entrepreneur entrepreneurial women and leader leadership women right like we, women in leadership mm-hmm. anybody at the top of their game right now as in a as a woman is definitely carrying on with their masculine energy and the problem is that we don't know how to shut it off so we don't know and then when you get into a relationship with your kids with your spouse with your friends there's you know there's a time and a place to have that energy and I think so when I'm asking you as a guy, if you can see men will, will just not understand why they don't want to connect with me or a, a woman in that zone, but it's because they're in their masculine and men may not, you and I would be able to identify that, but people who know nothing about this, it might show up as, why didn't you call her? She's really attractive. She's really, you know, successful. And it's like, oh, I don't know. I just didn't feel a good vibe from her. What that, right. that really is, is she's trying to be an alpha dog and I'm the alpha dog. We can't both be the alpha dog. So the call doesn't happen. And this is like very high level, you know, on what's going on. But even before I got back together with Ken and I was single, I was, you and I talked about it. And it was like, part of it was the numbers, the math, but part of it was I was still showing up in my masculine. So no shit, someone I'd be attracted to wouldn't be attracted back. Because it's a pissing contest. And who wants to be in a pissing contest with a woman? Nobody. And so I think that's the that's the interesting thing. And so, yes, it's definitely, I would say, the woman's, I don't like to use the word job or responsibility, but it's the woman's gift, let's say, to lean into her feminine, to allow you to show up in your masculine. It has to be that way. Like, 
I've, I've spent many hours trying to figure out if there's any other way to activate a man and there isn't, it's as soon as we soften, then you show up and that's, Correct. it's never going to be, if you and I are both in our masculine energy and you're trying, I'm, you're trying to out alpha me, I'll fight harder, you know, and that's so that you get nowhere. But if the woman, and I would say the woman has to call uncle first, I had to call uncle first in my situation. As soon as I was like, and I leaned in into my empathy and my intuition and to my creativity and my thoughtfulness and all of those beautiful things, then all of a sudden I was out of the way. I put my dick back in my pants. In fact, I always make jokes that I left it in West Palm Beach. And then Ken was able to show up in his masculine. And do we struggle still with this? Absolutely. It's a brand new dance. We're learning. But so what's, what was your biggest takeaway from that? Do you want to maybe, t- I mean, talk a bit about, you had an intervention sort of with Tony, with Tony, which was really cool, but what was your biggest takeaway about masculine feminine energy from that experience anyway? Well, I, I think I'll, I'll use a real controversial, controversial, controversial word that, uh, see, I even stuttered just even thinking about it. Um, you know, there's rather than saying or using your word of, of, giving uncle um a word that i've had to really wrap my head around as a military veteran is surrender yeah right and and what that actually means and as a you know as a marine veteran it's like we're like programmed to be like no we don't surrender we don't give up we don't stop the fight like it goes until it's done and um and so that really means like two different things and for uh, it means one thing for the feminine and one thing for the masculine energy but i almost feel like if you go it's funny when you go back through history and even through like tv the interesting thing about television shows is that there are underlying hints of this masculine feminine energy conversation in shows all the way back to like from the night when tv started right but like you look at just for, for easy conversation, you look at any of the medieval Game of Thrones or any other type of show like that, right? Just as these, it's like the king shows up, right? And he is strong and he's a protector and he rules the kingdom and all, he's strategic and analytical and naturally doesn't trust anybody. He's very linear in his thought process and he's got a mission and all those type of words. But at a moment's notice, right, the queen can whisper in his ear and be like, kill him. And he does it. Doesn't even think twice about it. Yep. Right? And that's like this perfect kind of crazy balance that goes on. I mean, it's, it's a little bit overarching example, but it's a crazy example of like what surrender is really like. Because I think that this co- the thing that came out for me out of uh, Date with Destiny was really subscribing to this idea that if a woman is going to surrender to, to the man, um, she's got to trust his intentions. She's got to trust that he's got a purpose. She's got to trust that he's equally committed to her, you know, and, and all other stuff. Right. And then if he's going to surrender to her, he's going to surrender to her in the same philosophy, except, when there's when there's questions in the relationship, he's got to look at himself first. 
Right. And that's a huge difference to be like, so if I go back, we go back to the analogy of a container, right? I actually think, and uh, I have to tell myself this over and over again sometimes, and I have to be reminded often that maybe it's a woman's job to kind of poke and prod at you once in a while. It is. We'll always and, do it. We'll never stop. Right. Yeah. With As long as the intention is to strengthen the container of which she needs to be held. If, if she's doing it from a place of neediness, of a place of significance or trauma or some of these other places, right? That's when, you know, men will be like, oh, my wife is being a bitch or she won't leave me alone or something. But there's obviously a time and a place to do it and do it in the right way. But I think that's part of the purpose. But I, I think I want to jump in there. I think part of that, though, is still, you know, if they're bugging you, if we're bugging you and we're poking at you and we're being a bitch or whatever, we're acting up, let's say. I think that's still, at least in my experience, it's like I'm not feeling safe anymore. And so I'm pushing to see how much, because, so even in our relationship, it was like amazing, amazing. And we did a cliff dive about three weeks ago. Both just let go. Like he let go of his masculine. I jumped right in. And that's top, a lot of it's the, the whole coronavirus thing is my default is my masculine energy. Cause that's, I got to get shit done. I got to yep. make sure the kids are good. And that's another thing. Like I'm, I'm going to start talking to uh, mothers a lot more about this because that's in our motherhood, we are in control and taking care of our kids and we're trying to be nurturing and doing all the feminine energy stuff. But so I think, for me, when I realized I did a cliff dive back into my masculine, I was, I was angry. And it's been a couple, few days now where we've kind of circled out of it. But the learning there was, I wasn't feeling safe anymore. And so that's an opportunity. I started to act crazy again. I'm not crazy, but you know, like, like a shit. Mm -hmm. Bitching and fucking complaining and doing all the shit that you know, all the three C's that we know puts you in your feminine. So criticizing, controlling and closing off. And I was doing those heavily. So in that moment, rather than let it go for weeks, you know, maybe he could have stopped and, and said, um, how am I not providing safety and making her feel secure and heard and seen right now? Right. Mm -hmm. Instead of pointing fingers. And it could have been just a, a quick, you know, video. He's bringing me my lunch. That's Neil. Say hi. Well, you're in there now. You got to say hi. Um, but like, it, so ultimately, it was a test, right? Like it was a, oh, I'm not feeling it right now. And so, will we get better at that? For sure. You know, will I get better at saying, okay, I'm not going to go down this road again. I'm not going to go revert back to my old behavior. I'm recognizing this is what's happening. And then, but so talk a bit about if that happened. Because ego is huge, right? Like, that's something I think I really want to have your opinion on is, like, ego still drives a lot of male behavior. It has to. That's how you go and kill tigers and do the things you need to do. You have to be in that in the mind about it. But, like, when you see yourself fucking up, are you aware enough, not you, because you never do. But do you, as, as men, do you can you stop and say, I'm doing this? Or is it just you're bulldozing through? Or do you have the capacity? I mean, yeah, like talk a bit about, do you, can you catch yourself as a guy 
slipping back and, to immature behaviors. And and this, I love this question. I, I'm I love this question because this is the exact reason why men need other need to unify and need other men. Right. I, I went through this crazy uh, experience uh, October November last year. I went to a shamanic sweat lodge for just men. Mm, yep, I right? remember when you did that. And there was this piece during the sweat lodge where all these men were doing ohms together, and it was like this. It messes with your head because after like the third one, you only hear this one voice. Mm. One, it's crazy because you're like, where'd everybody else go? And they're like, everyone, all these men are around you. Right? Crazy. And even like a date with destiny when they're doing their freedom thing, it sounds like it's like 10 guys doing it. And it's really 3000 or whatever the number is. Right. And there's something to that where, you know, if you go back through thousands of years, you know, take the example of having a tribe and having the tribe elders, right. The tribe elders were always men and the men always did some kind of ceremony and young men would go out into the woods and learn how to hunt as part of their coming of manhood. The reason why they did that is because they never had something biological, like a period, which is what men, women have. So they needed a rite of passage in order to do so. Right. And that example that like you just referenced in today's day and age, especially when we're in this unprecedented event where nobody knows what's gonna to happen tomorrow because the whole planet has never experienced this before, is, a perfect time where men have to like check in with each other and be like, what's going on and be like, well, my wife is like this. My kids are like this. I don't know what's going to happen next. Like we need somebody to be like, to lead from like a tough love example and be like, look, I love you, but maybe you need to plant your feet a little bit harder and stay true to whatever it is that's important to you and overlook this because there's something else going on that, everyone's out of control right now. Mm -hmm. And I just had, I just had a, a very strong man in my network do that to me two days ago. I wrote, I, I was feeling kind of out of sorts about all this stuff going on. And I emailed him and I was like, this is what's going on. Here's where I am. Here's where I'm operating from. And he was like, it sounds like your dick's talking. Like that's what he wrote mm. back to me. And I was like, all right, give me more on that. And he broke it down for me. And I was like, that's all I needed was like that one voice that one unified a masculine person that i have a lot of trust and value and share beliefs in to just kind of come in and be like you know center you a little bit and then i've been back to normal for back to whatever my normal is for the past two days so what i find really interesting is um how, how do you, if, okay, so if, if you're a woman listening and you've got a partner right now and your tendency right now is to be like, yes, he needs to talk to somebody like Neil. Oh my God, he's totally da da da. Like, first of all, quit that shit. It doesn't work. As soon as you start yapping and telling them what they need to do, you're putting them back in their feminine energy. So FYI, don't do that. But Neil, like, I, I've only ever known you in this version of, growth mindset. I didn't, I didn't know you before you checked yourself before you wrecked yourself. Like you're always checking yourself. So when you have somebody that 
doesn't know to check themselves. How do you even, as a woman, like how would a woman approach that conversation when they may see something, they may, because here's, here's the dialogue. Here's the narrative is, God, my, my husband's such a wimp. He doesn't fucking do anything for me. He doesn't help me. Blah, blah, blah. Why is he such an asshole? Meanwhile, really the problem is with her because she's not letting him do the things he needs to do. And that may mm-hmm. not be politically correct. And I often say that on the show that it, this, this conversation's not PC because it's telling me as the woman to shut the fuck up and just be still and let him lead. But if he doesn't even know to lead, how would you approach a guy in that way? Like, how would you receive it if you were a guy who wasn't as enlightened and as aware as you are? How would you suggest a woman say, hey, you really need to put your penis back on or we're going to be divorced? Like, is there is there a way to bring that conversation up that you've seen? Because you, you talk to lots of guys all the time. So, Right. The exercise that I go through, so you're absolutely correct. I oftentimes have lots of women who reach out to me via social media and are in relationships and are like, Hey, I love all the stuff you're talking about. How do I get my man to even pay attention? Right. That's, and I get lots of men who actually reach out to me and are like, Hey, this is where I am. Uh, blah, blah, you know, how, how do I get there? And the individual exercise that I usually use, which seems to work for everybody is take some pen and paper and write down what the best version of yourself looks like mm-hmm. and what your ideal relationship is. And you can actually yep. do it together, right? You can just do it with your spouse and be like, all right, and then share it. And then it becomes like, well, how do you, what do we got to do to get there? Right? Like, and it's a slippery slope sometimes because you really got to show your car, be willing to show your cards authentically and realize that you may or may not have gotten to a place where, you know, which just just happens sometimes in relationships, right? And that tends to be a good starting point to go through, to be like, let's see if there's misalignment in what we think we have or where we think we're going, right? Because a lot of times, it, I, I go back to all the time, a lot of this emotional stuff starts with having a math problem in that the math doesn't add up. If, right. Uh, woman has 15 things that, that that she thinks are important to the relationship and the guy's got eight, there's something to be, there, there's just math to be aligned there a little bit, right? right. Um, the other thing that comes up for me there is, is I think somebody in my network, one of my mentors once taught me like, there's basically five pillars, I think it's five pillars in a relationship, right? So it's physical, mental, emotional, spiritual, and financial. financial. Um, and so it doesn't mean that everything's got to be 50, 50, but there's got to be some alignment and some integrity and respect in each one of those pillars. And if they start to collapse, it's only a matter of time before the rest of them kind of collapse. Right. So if you're not aligned, let's just say spiritually and financially, and then those two foundations crumble, it's going to be only a matter of time before emotionally, physically, and mentally, the whole thing just kind of falls apart. Mm-hmm. Right. So um, the other thing is, is I think it all, I think it all starts with the strength piece always starts with the man. Right. I'm just right? So, so it, it, it's almost like the thing that I, that I explain to people is like, you know, if you go back to these kings and queens and kind of examples we're using, it's like a man 
a lone man, right, went out, killed something, brought it back to the tribe, and he created safety, security, and brought, uh, you know, food and nourishment into the tribe. And then the woman's role is to, role in that conversation is to take care of the family, make sure, like they were the witch doctors, they were the shamans, they were, they weren't just like housewivey things. No, that they was were just the priestesses like, and all of that. Right. So they were, you know, that housewife mentality was just a brief period in our lot, in our history, right? But they were the ones that, you know, prepared the men for war. They were the ones right. that made sure that they ate well before they went off to conquer. They were the ones who took care of the children while the men were off. And there's something to that. And you could do that in today's age, right? I'll give you a real quick example mm-hmm. because you hit on something that I thought was fascinating around the world of female leadership, Right. And this is where I tend to get a little bit controversial and people like to write me comments about this, but it's okay. I'm strong enough to take them Yeah. I think there's really, really great examples of female leaders who are operating in from female perspectives, right? There are many, the, the, the CEO of Northrop Grumman, the CEO of Hewlett Packard, um, amazing women leaders, uh, Michelle Obama, Oprah, um, amazing women leaders, right? And they are flowing and they are feminine and they operate from a place of compassion and all they want to do is be in a life of contribution and service mm-hmm. and all this other stuff. Amazing leaders. Then you have amazing leaders, the Hillary Clintons of the world. Uh, I would even go as far as say TV stars, Ellen DeGeneres, people like that where it's very easy that because of the time in their lives they grew up and because of the way uh, the world was and because of the way the business economics of the the landscape were, they have mastered how to operate in the masculine and be leaders in some way, shape or form. And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. That's just how it, it, that's just how the dice got rolled. But those are really, really good examples that people can relate to. Um. The, the wrong with it, though, is that it doesn't feel good for us. The wrong with it is that we never want to be 100% in our masculine or mostly in our masculine. The wrong with it is that there's imbalance in your family life, in your love life, in your relationships. So, um, and and that's, that's exactly what I'm talking about. And it's funny, uh, Oprah and Michelle are both on the list to get on the show because that's the thing. The thing that's not, I think that's not politically correct about it is what we're saying is like, I'm 44 and I was raised in the generation of just finishing the wifey era, which I will call like the forties and the fifties. And I, I'm of the generation, like, you know, late seventies, early eighties, where Roseanne Barr had a show, like you look at not blending, all of those shows were strong women but they were bitches, right? They weren't these soft, flowy, compassionate characters, let's call it. So I think what's happened is that in the 40s and 50s, when women were still, or before that, but that's my reference, wifey era, they were being taken care of and they were like, oh, honey, I've got it. And they were just like Stepford wife type, right? And it was beautiful and they felt cared for and they felt safe and the man went out and worked and the women stayed home and tended to the children and did all that sort of thing. But there was a shift where men started to abuse that power. And I think that's why everybody went batshit crazy. And it was like, 
well, we can't be feminine anymore at all. Now we have to all be like men and we don't need men and so fuck the guys and we can do it all without them. And so there's, it's swung, the pendulum swung way too far. And so I think what my goal or my, my wish for the female community in business anyway is to have them come back and find that middle ground again because mm-hmm. it feels so good to be in your feminine energy when you're with your partner. Like it just does. And I can still run the companies and I can do all of that, but like the, the imbalance and then you see women like Ellen and there's people you and I personally know that I could name, I won't, but that are very stuck in their feminine or in their masculine energy and have mm-hmm. no idea why they're not making friends, why they're not meeting men, why they're having trouble with their kids. And that is, I believe part of the big, huge thing is that because you're just trying to be a ball breaker constantly and nobody wants that all the time. Talk a little right. bit about, um, and I, I'm excited to hear your answer, your, your, uh, t- your feelings around this, but what I, what I think a lot of people, so kind of segueing from the men who abuse their power, will say in that wifey era where it was like, fuck you, you're going to do what I tell you, bitch, or you're going to get the back of my hand. That's not what we're talking about. Talk a little bit about what your thoughts are in the mature masculine, which I would put you in, to someone who is abusive, abusing their, and I've met a few of them where they're not getting it. They think being an alpha dog means being an asshole. Um, Do you see that with any of the guys that you talk to or any people in, in the community that you talk to where you're like, I see he's trying to be in his masculine, but it's really showing up immature and he's being kind of a douchebag and that's not going to work versus the mature masculine. Right. Well, no, this is a fantastic, another exciting question. So I really appreciate it. Um, you know, it, as somebody who has had to learn how to, uh, who's had opportunities to walk both above the line and below the line, um, of what that really is, um, you know, anyone who's anyone who says that they have zero ego, especially men, uh, is probably more dangerous to themselves than people who subscribe to the fact of like, hey, I have an ego, uh, and I try to keep it in check. Um, you know, and I think that that's a bigger piece of it where. If you go, it's interesting because I think what comes up for me there is this whole concept of a lot of times when men are operating from an ego, uh, it's a slippery slope because you can operate from a place of insecurity Mm. and a control. And and it's actually like you're you you spend all this time operating from a place of uh, even scarcity that once you have kind of brought in, whether it's work, family, um, you know anything right it's like you bring it you build a family you build this mass wealth and then suddenly you're like um something happens that that you're not planned planned for and suddenly you're just trying to pull it close and hold all those things close to you and you don't care whether you're doing it from a place of violence from a place of just abuse and anything right i mean like this is a like even what's going on in the world right now is just a really good example where it's like it's as a conscious, more, more conscious, more aware man. Like I've even had to adopt and like, I'm like letting go of everything. Like I'm watching men that I work with, like really like put their foot down, say, this is how it's going to be. Say we're doing it this way. And they're retreating or defaulting 
back to a place of ego and antics and trauma and like scarcity and stuff like that. And for me, I'm, I'm just like, this isn't becoming my playground. Like I'm, I'm just going to show up to the best, best that I can. And as long as I hold my footing, um, it's going to work out just fine. And that's a hard thing because I think it ties back to the surrender thing because for men, right. men really need to men really need to surrender to themselves first before because you really need to understand what that means to you before you can do it to someone else. And if you surrender your life to your mom, some trauma, a past relationship, and you haven't let go of all that stuff, there's no way that you can efficiently. And in the, from the right context, even, I think, surrender to a relationship where you're, you can just be like, you know what, I was doing the wrong thing or operating from the wrong place. And I think that's really a fundamental, that's very, very important to like how it all works, right? Like, I, I, it's interesting because I've done a lot of other work on personal identity. And it's interesting to me because like you, I grew up in the 80s, you know, grew up in the 80s. And with no dad, uh, my male role models were like Buck Rogers, the A-Team, WWF. Um, so, of course, you ended up with a 5'11", muscular, tattooed guy. Right. Yeah. I'm like, and, and the beard and the military veteran. It's like, I should have all these like medals. Yeah. Like a like Boy Scout. Scout badges, badges <laughs> on me, like a Boy Scout. And I'm actually the exact opposite, where I don't describe to the my nationality. I don't subscribe to the fact I'm from New York city. I don't subscribe to a lot of those big pieces because I'm just too focused on being me. Um, but to directly address your question, it's like by the time somebody gets to be of our age or a caliber, if they haven't done the work, they are stuck with like, well, that's how my dad used to talk to my mom. Right. Or, you know, that's how I grew up. And that's my concept of, how a wife should be or how a husband should be. And all those things have been turned sideways so much that there really has to be a conversation about what that really means for your relationship. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think, cause, and then you, you get a woman who is in her masculine with a guy like that. And it's, there's nowhere to go. There's nowhere to go. And I think, and the other thing too, that I find interesting is a masculine woman will attract naturally a feminine man. But we ultimately, when we're honest, and I think that's a big thing in for us as feminine creatures is the honesty part because we're so caught up in, in sticking our ground and saying, no, this is really how I want to be. I love being a strong woman, blah, blah, blah. But deep and deep inside, sometimes very, very deep inside, it's like we're we're so unhappy. There's so many women that I know who are, fundamentally unhappy in their marriages or their relationships and the shift is really i think it's a small shift but it's a it's massive in impact um but it's that awareness of realizing like again i always come back to it it has to be us that surrenders first to the man and and i that's the controversial part right like that's the part that women are if you're in your masculine right now and you're hearing me say that you're like fuck that I don't need to surrender to no man, but it's not surrendering yourself and it's not compromise. It's surrendering. It's leaning in and dropping down into like, I like breath work is such a, I did breath. I did a breath work um, 
seminar about, I guess, a month, just like at the start of Corona. And it was just breathing. It's a lot like Wim Hof, you know, the deep breaths and the breathing out and getting into that state. Three hours went by and I would have sworn up and down it was 45 minutes max, but it was three. And I knew intellectually that I was going to be breathing for three hours, but it went by so fast. But that's the, that's the version of surrendering to me is just like just taking that, that breath and being still and not like the, the physical energy I find of women who are in their masculine is like forward right? Women in their feminine, it's like leaning back. We're designed, our bodies are designed to receive you. That is it. That is the big secret of life. It's like my body was designed to receive the parts of a man's body. And, and then emotionally and all that other stuff, that's, that's true too. And it's, and I don't want people to get it twisted. It's not like their men has, has no responsibility in, in having conversations and being emotional. That's not what this is. It's just me me just being more still and letting you show up and care for me versus thinking I can do it all by myself because PS we can, why do you, why would we want to? And I always say that to him, like, yes, you can earn the money and you can have the house and you can do all right. this stuff. But why, like, remember t- Tony said at one point, like, or maybe it was at a UPW, he's like, you can do all of this, but it's so much more fun with a partner. Mm-hmm. But it's really hard to get to that level, especially for the ladies that when they're and the men, right? Like if you're unaware of this stuff, I wasn't, you weren't, and it was challenging. Now you're like you have a, a bit of a map, right? Like you can catch yourself. I can catch myself and be like, what am I? Where am I operating from right now? Um, but I and that's why I love these conversations because you know people who have no idea what this stuff is will hear it and be like, oh, maybe that's something I need to right. lean into. Um, and, and I think I mean, going back to that piece real quick, you know, that I started with about, you know, woman makes her own money, has her own house, has her own kids, you know, all that stuff. You know, if you think about it, right, if, if you take some of the patriarchy words out of it, right, the man's job is to go out and slay dragons or, you know, do all those type of things. And in today's age, there's so many layers to that because even like if you watch TV, it's like, you know, the men are good looking, they're well-dressed, they're in great shape, very, very unrealistic, right? It's become as unrealistic as women can be on TV sometimes as the examples of what sexy yep. is supposed to be. Now, if, if, if I can see, and I've experienced this with some of the people that I, that I work with, that men will say that I have an option to either chase a woman who went to a good college, makes good money, all the things, or I can play video games for six hours a day. Um, and I get to kill things in the games. I have mm-hmm. no risk. Um, and it's satisfying. And I think one of the, there's this real big disconnect in today's society where it's like women, younger, younger women. And some of my folks I talked to in their twenties are like, well, my goal is to make, go to a good college, make a lot of money, be self-sufficient and find a man who likes me. And it's almost like they're doing like the exact opposite. And then they're and then by the time they get all, all the things, they're like, why can't I find a man who's attracted to me? Or why can't I find the right guy? 
And it's like right. the guy who's quote unquote perfect for her is like, I can't compete with that. I'm going to go play Madden 2020 or whatever video game right. it is. Or, or go out with the boys and have right. a bro experience. And that's a major disconnect that a lot of my coaching, I'm trying to fix those things, um, at least to get the men to show up in a much different way. Because like you said, the minute the man shows up, is like, no, this is what I want. This is how it's going to operate. This is how I'm going to operate. Um, it changes. I've seen it happen with it myself does. and it seen that with other people. Totally. And I think that's an important thing to, to kind of go on is like when Ken, we, we talked about it yesterday. He's like, well, I, I said, he's got a new business that he's trying to start. And I say trying because he's not pushing it. And part of that is his, there's no passion in it, but let's pretend I'm wrong about that. And he's going to do whatever. Um, and it's in the way of the superior man. It's like, if the guy doesn't have a mission or purpose, that's greater than me. I'm not down. I want like, he's like, yeah, but I feel bad. I want to spend time with you. I'd rather spend that two hours with you than doing the thing, the new business. And I go, yeah, but I don't have respect for you when you do that. But, and then it's, well, won't you be sad if I don't spend that time with you? He said, no, I may not love that. We're not spending that couple of hours together, but the fact that you're saying, no, my mission is really important and I need to go and do that. That's where the, Oh my gosh. Like it's, it's like, but our minds, minds fuck with us. Our brains will tell us, well, he's not spending any time with me. He's an asshole. Inside, when you're in your feminine, in your feminine core, if a man does that, you have so much respect and love for him and you just want to support the shit out of him. You're not thinking, mm-hmm. fuck him, he's not spending time with me. You're thinking, holy shit, it's that meaningful to him that he's putting this on the side for right now because it's really important. That, it's like, it's sort of like the, you know, hanging off the jock. Like we, this is what we want. We don't want to be ignored forever. And that's not what I'm saying. But I'm saying that when you show up and you say, no, I'm going to do this is my purpose or this is my mission. And you're steadfast to that. That's, that is catnip to a woman. Whether or not you want to admit it, ladies, it is. Because that, you just think, oh, that's a strong man right there. You know, mm-hmm. but we, it's, I know it's a fascinating um society right now because you've got all the 20 and 30 year olds coming up saying exactly what you said well why can't i meet a good man all the good men are no they're not they're not competing with you the man they want a woman and i'm you know me i'm a strong woman but i'm purpose and mission driven but i know when to put most of the time not all the time but i know when to take that masculine hat and put it to the side when i want to have an interaction with my spouse and that's the trick so yeah. Any last words you want to add? This was amazing. This was so, so good. <laughs> good. No, I, I, I just champion uh, what you just said. And I think that, you know, even what's going on with the coronavirus, I think this is an amazing opportunity for men to really show up in a way that they previously may not have been doing. Mm-hmm. And, and I would challenge anybody who listens to this podcast because this Corona thing is going to go on for a little bit is now's the time to uh, really align yourselves with your partner. If you have one or have that conversation with someone that you might be interested in so that if they tell you, no, I'm not, in, not interested, they just give you a great service by moving out of the way. Um, 
And it's a great opportunity for you to learn or practice showing up in a certain way, creating safety and security for women around you. Because I think, and I know I do this, I create safety and security for my mom. I create safety and security for my daughters because I want them to know what that feels like. So when they feel it from other men as they get older, they know exactly Mm -hmm. what that feels like. Yeah. And I try to create, and I think you've experienced it. I try to create safety and security for all the women around me because I know that it, it, it does, it does something. It creates an environment where that woman feels like she can be a woman. And I think that's super important for men to do. That's you just said it. That's it. That's all of it is right there because I know whenever we're at events together, if we have a call, I, I definitely like, I, I feel that a thousand percent from you. And so I love that you're teaching other men because it's necessary, very necessary, but um, life is better this way. Don't you think? Mm-hmm. Like it's, it's squishy and awesome and sexy and beautiful. And um, yeah. So where can people find you? What's the best way to get a hold of you if they want you? Yep. So two best ways to get a hold of me uh, on social media. Uh, my handle is I am Neil Conlon. Uh, also, neilconlon.com is up and running. Um, those are two best ways. Awesome. Um, don't go anywhere. I'm just going to sign us off. But thanks uh, for the chat. It was epic, like I knew it would be. And uh, I love you dearly. And thank you. <laughs>